Good morning, and welcome to this week's public affairs program. I'm Jay Zimmer in the newsroom. Who are you going to call? Well, it may be a little late for Halloween, but this is a story worth telling. Canton Madonna Koffenberger may be the real Ghostbusters. I got started in this when I was like 17 years old and believing in the paranormal because my father had some legal matters that he, my mom had to get an attorney. And in the process of getting this attorney, me and her had no idea what the business at hand and what he needed. And we looked for paperwork and that night I had went to bed and I had a dream about my dad, not just any dream. I had a dream he came to me, he told me where to find this paperwork, who I needed to take it to and what I needed to do. And in all that, we'd, we handled my dad's affair and that's how I became uh, interested in a ghost and the paranormal as you well, well I, was, I was a skeptic go do this and Mary did yes i was the skeptic i didn't believe in anything paranormal up until her and i got together and then things kind of kind of started moving towards it <clears throat> towards that direction as i was in my apartment out on the west side I started getting some things that uh, with pennies, I would leave my pennies and change and stuff on the kitchen counter. And I came home from work one day and there was like a design made out of the <laughs> pennies. And I thought, what in the world? Push it. Why, why did this happen? I asked her if she had come by the apartment for lunch or something while mm -hmm. I was at work and she said no. So I made a little design of a boat out of these pennies, went to work, came home that evening, these pennies were in the design of a flower. He didn't do nothing. Whether or not I... I did not do that. He still thinks I did that. She still claims she did not do that. So <laughs> then I started to wonder even more. So we started our, our hobby of, of ghost hunting with friends. And, and it's really been intriguing and enjoying. I, I've learned a lot. I've seen some things and, that well, are unexplainable. One of my hair customers, um, she, um, we were talking about the paranormal and I told her about a couple of things that had happened to me. And she goes, you know, I have all this equipment to go hunting, ghost hunting, I'm a ghost hunter. And I'm like, oh, really? She goes, yeah, we have a uh, couple of people that can join our group. We're going to Waverly Hills. And that is a uh, tuberculosis hospital in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. And it is pretty, uh, pretty haunted. It is actually uh, known to be probably the, the most haunted place in the USA, maybe in the world. So hopefully you can see some of these pictures and you will see that. Also, never investigate your own home. <laughs> you may find things you don't want to know. Um, in this picture, you will see that um, there is a giraffe and a trying. There's a giraffe and a umbrella, uh, <laughs> elephant statue on our uh, the fireplace. And um, they always faced out. And one morning we both got up early. We were sitting there having our coffee. And I'm like, did you turn the giraffe and the elephant facing the sliding glass door? He's like, no. And our daughter got up and she's like just, and just as confused as we were. So um, our dog, we will notice our dog, she will look through our house and she'll, she'll just be watching something. We have a bird. He will do the same thing. He just kind of follows something and we have no idea, but 
there is something in her home. I don't know if we brought it in or if we bought the house with the ghost. So communicating with the ghost. The best way I think to communicate with the ghost is a flashlight conversation. You can show them a flashlight. <clears throat> when a ghost, Where did you? it's in that bag. Mm. When you set up a flashlight conversation, you set it to set the flashlight to almost on. And you can ask yes and no questions. And what they do is they manipulate it just by touching it with their energy and they can answer yes and no. This was in our bedroom. This dresser we had bought from a friend of mine's parent or her mother-in-law. She did not tell me that her mother-in-law committed suicide. I really feel her mother had an, her mother-in-law had an attachment to this bedroom set. You can see on the left side of it is our, be, our uh, closet door. I would see something hovering in the corner. It was like a dark shadow and at night. The light was shining through our, our bedroom window and it was actually very scary and he never saw it. So I began to investigate and I had a flashlight conversation in our bedroom. EVPs, EVPs are something you capture with the digital recorder. We have one of these and it's something that ear can't, your ear can't hear, but a digital recorder can pick it up. And this one, these are some of the pictures we caught. On the left, it looks like a little girl to me. Looks like you can see her head, maybe long hair, maybe a dress, but that's what it looks like to me. In the middle, the red circle, it's um, once we blew it up and lightened it up a little bit, I see a head, a body, and maybe two legs. That's pretty gruesome looking. And of course, the one on the right, it's pretty obvious. It speaks for itself, kind of looks like a, a, a maintenance guy, or but you can see the face and everything. On this one, the one on the left, this, is, this happened when we went in May. Tyler is standing on the right, and Kent is on the left side of the picture with tan shorts. They had both come back, and there was nobody between them. But if you look between them, it looks like maybe you see like a black cloak and a face. And he can vouch that there was no one there, and um, he... Uh, yeah, Tyler and I, Tyler was very fearful of the place. He's 15 years old, and this was his first time coming. He was very scared, wouldn't walk around the building without someone. So he and I had gone to the restroom, and we were on our way back to join the group we were hunting with, and we were, oh, maybe 15, 15 20 feet away from where they took this picture, but we were by ourselves, and there was nothing in between us. And then the other one, you will see an apparition of a nurse. This is very common to see the nurses walking the halls. This is right back by a nurse's station. And Kent did have the situation with him and the guide, Jason, and they were ghost hunting and chasing a nurse around the halls. Jason was our guide one night, just, just going through, and he had some equipment. He and I were going to go get some more equipment to use and I was going to help him carry it. As we walked down the hall, we caught what looked like a nurse. It looked like the hat, it looked like the dress, but it, you, it was transparent. You could see through. And we both stopped. I looked at him, he looked at me. I asked, I said, did you see something cross the hall? I thought it had gone from right to left. 
And he, his only response was, I was going to ask you the same thing. We started walking down the hall to investigate it, and lo and behold, it came back from left to right. We looked at each other and hurried down the hall to go into the room that we thought it went into, and there was nothing there. But that was the first time I had seen anything close to a full-body apparition, and it, it, was, it was awesome to see. And that, just some pictures of then and now, but as you can see, that's what the nurses wore, were the, four, the full white long kneeling dresses or uniforms. In this picture, uh, the left picture shows the doors that are most common in the, the building. They're metal, they're heavy, and they're very hard to move. Well, my oldest daughter and four of her friends who had five 24-year-old girls go with me, we were walking around investigating, and lo and behold, someone slams one of these doors. So I have a bunch of screaming kids, but we did have something paranormal slam the door on us. Um, the other picture is another one of the doors, and as you can see, some, uh, some damage to the door, and he talks better than I do. I'm going to let him <laughs> tell you about this. Now this damage to this big, heavy steel door, they, they are fairly thick. There was many years ago, there were some three, three young men, juveniles, that had decided they wanted to be a little mischievous. So they broke into Waverly Hills to vandalize it and just try and make themselves feel big about not being scared of the place. Well, shortly after, according to a police report, because the police were called out to the place for the vandals, they found these three young men cowered, screaming, scared to death. And they had taken an axe in with them. They caught themselves surrounded by shadow figures just converging on them, scared them. They could not open this door. They thought they had been locked in the place. So they started wielding their axe to try and break the door open. As you can see, they had gone through the doors in several places. When the police officers arrived they, and found the boys begging them to arrest them and get them out of that building, them. they had all they could handle. Ben. They said the door was locked, they couldn't get out, and the officer walked over to the door as they were taking the boys out, took one finger and opened that door all the way and said this door was not locked. As you can see, there's no place for a lock or being able to lock it. And, and that was according to the historical society that, that works with the owners of Waverly. That was what was in the police report. Yes, they had look over. That's what happens when you provoke. If you're going to go ghost printing, never provoke because it can be very dangerous and yes, we were talking about the shadows. Uh, fourth floor in Waverly Hills is notorious for shadow figures. You can walk up on the fourth floor and you get this, the, the hair on the back of your neck will stand up. It'll stand up on your arms. It's just a heavy feeling. And normally I let him take up the back of the, the, 
group of us and he just he'll he'll run off and he'll keep going. And one time I felt something like right on the back of me. I could feel its presence. I almost felt like it was breathing on me. But there is a big black mass that roams the halls out there. They call it big black. And um my youngest daughter, she's not eighty pounds wet, she um she played a black mass bait one night and they, she went down the hallway and he, uh, you tell him, you got the... Uh, we, we have some infrared binoculars that we use occasionally and I got out the binoculars and looked through them and I saw this massive black just mist or something, shadow, that towered over our daughter and she's about, oh, five foot three maybe but it towered over her and was three, four times wider than her. And I thought, oh, my goodness, no, I can't do this. <laughs> I was heading down that way. And yeah, she I told him, me. I said, no, she wanted to do this, let her go. And, of course, she was fine. And she came back. I'm like, did you feel anything? And she's like, maybe a little something. <laughs> it was more than just a little something. But there's also something there called the creeper. And um, he has seen more of this creeper than I have. But... It, um, you can, you can tell them what you see when you saw the creeper and it's, um, some ghosts are bad, some are, some are, most are good, but you will have some that can be, uh, I don't know. To me, this one was, uh, a little maybe demonic. I, I have somewhat prided myself that I'm not scared of much, but we had gone up to the fourth floor. And we walked, after we walked, came through the door, we'd walked maybe 20, 30 yards, went around the corner, and just instantly got that chill and, and tingling running up my spine, hair standing up on my arms in the back of my neck, and I, what in the world? Her and I looked down, and, and we see this thing, what looks like crawling back and forth on the floor would come up on this wall, down to the floor on this wall, go all the way around to the ceiling. And, and I stepped in between us and, and I told her, I said, it's, it's time for us to back out. Oh yeah, I was ready to go. I, <laughs> it scared me. <laughs> well, we were the only two in the building at the time as well. So that was, um, yeah, that was really scary. So we'll, we'll get moving on this. Provoking, we know. When we went with this, Gabe went with us and Gabe is a great ghost hunter, but Gabe wants answers and he wants them now. So he'll be like, okay, we'll see. And he'll start just, he'll, he'll give some heck. And uh, this is on the fourth floor near the operating room. And like, every time we go there, I've been at least 10 times to Waverly Hills. I would go to this area and I get a very severe pain in my lower back. I don't know why my lower back, because I know tuberculosis affects the lungs. But along with Kent, he says his back hurts and our son's back will hurt. And this particular night, all the girls said they were real nauseous and Gabe is provoking. So we're not sure if it had anything to do with it. But then Gabe goes, oh my gosh, my back is burning. So he lifted his shirt and sure enough, Gabe had scratches on his back and those were not there before. Um, as you can see, there's three scratches in the picture on the right. If you look at the bottom part, the left part of his waist, kind of looks like a burn or the skin is raised you don't provoke that's just what I have always said and you have to respect if you're 
going to be in their home because this is this is their home and a lot of them don't even know they have passed i will when i investigate i'll say so do you live here what's your room number and uh, what do you like to do what's your favorite food and we actually get pretty good um eagles he's thing and it's, it's just a very active place so let's see keep moving and then the last time we went in may tyler the one that was terrified and we said nothing was going to happen he got scratched but i think they feed on your fear they uh they know when you're scared and um but the bad not the bad thing actually the good thing when you get scratched like that you can see it and within minutes the scratch is gone so that's pretty interesting to me okay this is our sls camera this is almost like an xbox it shoots out thousands of lights and it bounces off of a humanoid or a subject and it comes back and it'll take pictures or video. If you look in this, Kent is in the lower left picture or the lower right picture on this. We're not sure what we mapped out, but it was huge. One of the other pieces of equipment we use are cat balls. They're very cheap. You can sit them down and the only way they'll go off if they get touched or moved. These things go off in our house all the time, so. <laughs> thank you for inviting yes, thank us you and thank so you much. for having yes. us. Thank you guys. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, it was a real, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thank you for sharing that with us. Uh, have you been out to the uh, apartments on Bainey Camp Road that I understand no. Those buildings were part of the, the tuberculosis sanatorium out there. Mm -hmm. Sanitarium. I've had somebody ask us because somebody they knew somebody that was renting an apartment out there and they moved. They moved before their lease was up and everything because they said the activity and uh, his wife couldn't breathe most of the time. So we really want to go there. As you can see, we go. We've only been to Waverly. We did go to the lighthouse in uh, St. Augustine's. And we went with a big crowd. It was like a, I don't know, like, what, just a bunch of people. And I feel like if you have a bunch of people, it's like inviting a whole bunch of people into your home and you don't know them, you're not going to talk to them and <laughs> you're not going to have time. So um, we have always just done Waverly and we want to go to Willard Library. We've had people say, you've got to go to Willard Library. We haven't been there. And then we do want to go to uh, Harmony Haunted Trails because I've heard that's pretty interesting too. But I would like to go out there. I'm, I'm game to try any of this. <laughs> I want to do a, a graveyard. I want to go and see what, they, what we can get out of a cemetery. Thank you so much for that uh, interesting, uh, fascinating uh, presentation. In deference to Tim Black with Channel 9, I think it, don't think it was Channel 9, but I saw him recently uh, on uh, KET, Kentucky Educational Television, a program, a documentary about this Waverly Hills, and it mentioned at the end uh, that it's uh, the owners that you know are considering a conversion to uh, rental apartments. Uh, 
And I wondered if there's any if there are any takers so far. <laughs> if you heard anything about that. Well, you have to understand too, Waverly Hills, as you saw the difference between now and then, it would take so much money. I think it was like fifty million dollars just to even get it near it and then once you put in all the beds and everything. And we know Tina and Charlie, the ones that own it. And this is what, they're like me. This is their love. They don't want to do anything like that. They want to, um, you know, they want to keep it. It's original building and people like us go in and ghost hunt. And um, it's, you can, 10 people minimum and to go and investigate is $1,100. But you go in at eight o'clock at night and you're there until four o'clock in the morning at least. So you have the whole building and you can pretty well go anywhere you want. So. I don't see them doing anything like apartments. I wouldn't live there, <laughs> but maybe I would. I'm not sure. So, thank you so much for um, for the presentation. So, a couple questions. Number one, mm -hmm. it sounds like you pulled your whole family in. Oh, yeah. Are they resistant at all? Um, you know, I said my oldest doesn't like to go. Well, the first time we went, the four, the fifth floor. Our friend had a conversation with the nurse with the flashlight and figured out who she was. She lived there because they wouldn't let them leave the property because they figured they were contagious. Well, the same floor, my daughter, my oldest, she had just had a baby. She wanted to go. She wanted to know what we were exper experiencing. She began talking with the flashlight and the only one who could get any any kind of interaction was her and when she said she had a baby they kept going back and forth and back and forth and talking well you know answering questions and it freaked her out she's the only one out of all of her crew that does not want to ever go again she was the one that was there when the door slammed but no for the most part my youngest we all we try to go at least once a year and my nine-year-old granddaughter has unfortunately heard a few things we try not to because that's kind of scary for a nine-year-old but she's going to be a ghost hunter like nana and bob that's bob so say, it doesn't sound like she would have to go very far except your bedroom <laughs> yeah i know i know and that's it's always some kind of thump or something going on and i really do feel when we bought this house my daughter there's a spare bedroom my youngest would hear something thumping and going around and we could never find anything. So I called the daughter of the people that we bought the house from, and he had passed in the house. So uh, I'm like, what's this thumping? I mean, because I had told her my, my beliefs and stuff. And she goes, well, you know, I had three cats in my bedroom, and two had passed away in the house. And I said, well, I think they're still here. <laughs> they're still, they're jumping around in the bedroom. So yeah, my daughter, she'll call me and say, something's here again. And I'm like, okay, just lock it in my bedroom, you know? <laughs> Don't tell us your address, because I, you know, I'm just <laughs> So the other question I had is, you mentioned Billy. Is this a, is this a guy from Evansville, Billy? No. Okay, because we had, uh, Grace and I have a, have a friend named, he's passed away, his name is George, and his son Billy was a big ghost hunter. Oh, you know really? You talking about? He's, he's local, well, they're from Boonville, I think, actually. Oh, my gosh. And you know, I know it's another thing, PJ, you said elaborate on people. There are so many people in this area that do ghost hunt. And um, I mean, people ask me, do you know so-and-so? And I don't, yeah. but it's, it is a very popular hobby. But no, this Billy, he worked with, they were, these, they, they were characters yeah. at work. And Billy, Billy yeah. would go in and he'd grunt and he'd carry on, he'd claim, and he contaminated so much of our uh, 
audio that I he can't go no more. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much. Yeah. It's very thank interesting you. and what an appropriate day to do it on. So, um, oh, yeah, it was a good day. Keep up the good work. Thank you. I'm sorry I'm really bad with speaking in front of people. <laughs> I'm not encouraging it in any way, but have, have you ever attempted communicating with the spirits or the ghosts with Ouija boards? I will not touch a Ouija board because um, when you touch a when you deal with a Ouija board, you have to open the Ouija board. You ask your questions. You have to close it. You have to say goodbye. I have heard of so many cases of where you don't investigate right with one of these. In fact, <clears throat> Tina and Charlie had so much going on. One after one group had left, they actually had to have an exorcism come in because they had so much demonic. Uh, feelings and entities and energy going on in there that they were just they wouldn't let anybody come in until they could get rid and it, it seemed to work but the people came in with the Ouija board so that is not one of my things and nope I have more fun with flashlights and stuff I feel it's safer thank you for your presentation thank you uh, I just want to let you know that I grew up less than a mile from Waverly Hills in Lloyd yep and uh, actually, when you could at nighttime, uh, when I was a little bit older, you could look up and it looked like a castle. I thought it looked like a castle. It's a beautiful place. Absolutely. And I'd say 63, 64, uh, when it was a Woodhaven. Woodhaven uh, geriatrics. Yes. Yep. I was a Cub Scout, and our, our our little troop went up there and sang Christmas carols in that place, and there were people up there, and. I had kind of an eerie feeling. I mean, yes. you know, I, at that time I didn't have like, eerie feelings. You know, I would. Right. Feel that was further on in life, but anyway, uh, I noticed that you know when the people they were, you know, some of them were. If you've ever been in nursing homes, some of them were, uh, you know, awake. Some of them were. Well, we would be in a couple rooms. We were in uh, an open area where you know a lot of the residents were at, and then we sang the hall. Fast forward ten years, and it hadn't closed yet. Uh, mm -hmm. But my friends were driving, and the back end of that, and that's why I'm going to ask you a question here in a minute. On the back end of it is where they roll the deceased out. And so uh, we went back there. Mm -hmm. And so we went in and got about halfway up the chute, and uh, my friends would, they would be consultants for the wall bunch, but I was like, I got stuck. I've I got to get out of here. I, right. right. And, and so uh, my question is, um, do you find a whole lot of when you're there? I've heard the fourth floor. Uh, they used to call that the death tube. I mean, have you been down in there? Can you uh, talk a little bit about that? On the fourth floor? No. The no, the death Okay, chute. the death chute, what he is talking about, was actually built and they brought in building material and stuff with this. Well, tuberculosis, it's about 6,000 people to 10,000 that died when it was a tuberculosis hospital. And they were dying daily, and it was a lot of them were dying quickly. They didn't want to haul out the dead, like the ones that were trying to be healed, because it's kind of depressing. So they would take the bodies out this death chute. And what he's talking about is the death chute is as long as a football field. 540 some feet. Yeah, over 500 feet. And um, we get a lot of activity in there. You get. Um, it's you're right it's very active and 
Uh, yeah, you can talk about this one because I don't go in there. He went down <laughs> it, and I was like, I'm not, because I got to walk back up it, and I'm not doing that. All the years we have been going, this last time I actually went down the body chute. I, <clears throat> I got new knees, so I could get up and down pretty good. And my son has been down, my oldest son has been down the body chute, and he has uh, gotten some things on the EVP, different conversations. and. I, I didn't get anything when I was down there this past May, but it is a long way down there. And yes, that is where they took the bodies out so the rest of the residents would not see and, and get any more depressed. So, Thanks. You're Thank welcome. you so much, Madonna and Kent. No uh, problem. Well, I'm more of a Casper the, the Friendly Ghost guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably be awake for a while. And thank you guys so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having us. A wonderful organization. Thank you for joining us for this week's public affairs program. From all of us at Midwest Communications Evansville, let's make it a great week.